thanks to all of you for choosing to tune in today. I am so pleased to welcome our special guest today, LaVon Denniston. Welcome to the show, LaVon. Hello, Deb. Thank you for having me. And uh, some of you may recognize that uh, we are doing this virtual uh, technology. Thank goodness for that, right? Because we can, uh, LaVon, you're actually in South Carolina right now. I am. I'm joining you from the beautiful, sunny world of the South. Well, I'm a little bit jealous, even though, of course, it's been a very nice winter in northern Minnesota, but there is that little tiny, you don't have any snow, ice, or sleet on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it has been unseasonably warm there, hasn't it? Yeah, it. well, you know, I walk the dog every day, and it's been amazing that, I mean, I do four miles a day, and when there's no snow or when when it's sunny outside, right, it just, you know, clips on by. This morning, it was a little chilly outside and, and definitely some ice to contend with, so... So, LaVon, I am just, I'm so happy you're here because uh, one of the things that we, as you and I were preparing, we were talking about this concept of do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And then as you and I were emailing back and forth and preparing, I think, I know you, but I really don't know you at all because (laughs) I started going through all this. I'm like, oh my goodness, I know nothing about you. So let's start from the beginning. Like, where were you raised? How did you even end up in Bemidji? I realize right now you're in South Carolina, but let's get a little background for everyone. Well, sure, sure. I'm I'm born and raised in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, actually. Uh, And sometime in my early working life, I accepted a position, leadership position, with AT&T down in the Twin Cities. And so I finished my career there 30-some years later in the Twin Cities, working for uh, AT&T, and then decided probably about five years ago to move up to the North Country, because that's where my son and my grandkids are. And so that brought me to Bemidji, where they live. That's fantastic. And of course, grandkids are always a big draw, right? It's, oh, my goodness. I'm not yeah. saying it's not about the kids, but it's the right at some point, it's about the grandkids. <laughs> it's all about the grandkids. And now they have cats. So I've got grandcats. Oh, I love this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love it. And, and my daughter yeah. has cats. And this was the year of the cat mug, if you will. Every cat mug out there got sent to her. So I get that totally. So in this time, of working within a business, because I I know that you're also a Christian person. I would love to know a little bit about what was that like? uh, How were you able to bring that into that business world? And then we're going to get to the after that business world. Well, you know, I I come from a very religious background. I am a PK. Do you know what that is? Oh, a pastor's kid. Yes, Mm. I know all about it. You do? Oh, yes. I went to Are Concordia. <laughs> no, I'm not, but oh. I went to Concordia. So that the first term that I, I learned at Concordia was PK, because the first time it got used, I'm like, what are you talking about, PK? And then they said, oh, it's pastor's kid. So, of course, if we had texting now, it would be, oh, that you're a PK, right? I'm oh, sure it means well, something else on the texting system, but we won't go there, right? <laughs> yeah, well, most people know what it means, but um, few understand what it really means. <laughs> Let's go there. What does it really mean? What does it really mean? Well, as a pastor's kid, my my father um, and I grew up on a a dairy farm in the Detroit Lakes area, and he received his calling to preach. When he was in his mid-30s, I was an early teenager. So we were, if you will, quote, baptized in fire with his move to serving others and preaching. And um, 
It was a very interesting lifestyle, that's for sure. My parents, especially my father, was very dedicated to the church and growing his church, and both he and my mother just role-modeled exemplary selfless work and giving of themselves to others. And so I think I was raised in that way, and I was certainly taught well to live my life selflessly mm-hmm. and to help others. And so I try and um, embody that. I try to embody that in my leadership work at you know the companies that I worked for, the two companies that I worked for in my thirty-year career, and now in what I do in the in the volunteer realm. Um, I try and embody that as well, living selflessly and giving back to others. And I'm really intrigued about this. First of all, I, I had no idea of your upbringing, and now so much is starting to make sense, right, as you start to see. Because I've always thought, my goodness, you really, you're an action person. Like, a lot of people speak the words of Jesus, or they might quote a scripture. You live it. And I always feel like when someone lives scripture, that is just, it's a special gift. And I also believe there's an obedience there that a lot of people don't really understand. Because when you're truly obedient to the Lord's call, in some ways you can be popular, in some ways you can be unpopular, right? Because you're sometimes yeah. you're, you're really going out there. And I, I know sometimes in corporate settings, it's really easy to, sometimes there can be a confrontation at times almost, like an internal confrontation with being asked to do things or uh, certain tasks that a person might even have to do as a part of the job. I'm curious about that for you, because you seem like such a, uh, you have this ability, I think, to move with a lot of people and influence people. And I'm curious about that. Hmm. Well, you know, I I don't want to think too much about it or overanalyze it, because I think it goes back to the basic concept of treating others as you would want to be treated. And, um, doing unto others as you would have done unto you. And I tried to uh, think of that every time I was approached with a difficult decision or a diff- diff- difficult conversation that needed to have in the workplace. Um, and it, it always served me well. And this is what, also what I love about you is that of course, it served you well because you always knew where your groundedness was. You always, mm-hmm. right? You always knew what that place was. And mm-hmm. so you were able to work within that. So let's go back to this like five years ago. You moved to Bemidji. For people who haven't grown up here their whole lives, it can really be different than I think what it looks like as a tourist, right? Like a lot of people visit here, come up in the summers, and then all of a sudden people move here, and it can be a different experience than just the tourist experience. So I'd love to hear a little bit about what that transition was like for you, because it wasn't just about a move, right? It was also a retirement time period. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was a difficult move for me, difficult in a good way and difficult in a challenging way. Uh, when, when I was in the Twin Cities, I was very actively involved in a number of entrepreneurial women business leadership type associations. And um, I thrive on that type of interaction with people. It just really um, gets my juice pumping and gives me a sense of uh, a degree of purpose in what in what I'm doing, and when I moved to Bemidji, I I went looking for the same things in the community around me. Specifically, 
um, business women groups and places for support of entrepreneurs. When I was in the Twin Cities, after I retired, I worked for an organization called SCORE. It's very similar to the SBDC. It's funded by the Small Business Association. And um, SCORE helps entrepreneurs uh, start their businesses and run their businesses successfully. And I was a business counselor, and I really thrived in that environment. I was helping entrepreneurs, and I was learning at the same time. And so when I moved to Bemidji, I sought out organizations like that um, where a businesswoman hung out, connected with each other, and where um, entrepreneurs were supported. And the first place that I landed on is the launch pad, and it was just kind of odd how it all happened. I was doing a summer internship at Oak Hills Community College. I was their uh, short-time COO for a while when I first moved to Bemidji. And someone there, we were talking about where do people in Bemidji hang out with regards to supporting entrepreneurs. And someone mentioned to me the launch pad. And so I met with a couple of people there and um, found a connection there that really helped generate some of those um, desires that I mentioned earlier. Um, so I purposely went out and sought for places to belong and ways to connect with people. And uh, but the business, the, the business women side of it, I didn't find in Bemidji, so I built it. Yeah. So let's. Yeah, but, yeah I was curious. So one of the things I was curious about is I know that you were talking about like this was a big change because even business in the cities is different than business up here. It's not that there aren't, aren't successes in both places. That's not what it is. And there is a different energetic current about it. I, that's what I have found anyway. And wow. so as you started transitioning and looking for that business women's group, I know that was a big thing for you. And of course, what did you do? You ended up starting the group, right? I did, yeah. I, when I first moved to town, I was looking for a place where uh, women, particularly professional women in Bemidji, hung out. Where do they come together and talk about challenges in the workplace or just challenges personally or whatever it, it might be, all in the spirit of camaraderie and and common connection. And I couldn't find anything. So I thought, well, I'll just, um, I'll just create it and ran into Donna Gunderson, who is my partner at Bemidji Area Business Women, at the launch pad. And she said she had been thinking about this at the same time. And so it's been uh, nearly five years ago that we started the group. And that's the goal that we have of just connecting and inspiring women in the Bemidji and surrounding community to enhance their skills, whether it be professionally or personally. And what I love, and, and I may be making this completely up, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I think women... When they are in business, women have so many different roles, right? And I almost okay. think about Mary and Martha a little bit. There's sort of this time where we have that listening, need to be aware of what's going on. And then there's the Martha piece of us, right? We're taking care of our families and we might be going to work and, and, and right? And, and, and. And I'm curious about what your experience has been in the multiple roles that women entrepreneurs often face. Uh, you know, it's really interesting. We just, as an organization, um, the Bemidji Area Business Women, 
sent out a membership um, feedback survey to the women that have followed us over the last several years just to see how they were feeling about their con- their um, belonging to the group and what could we be doing better. And every person that responded um, indicated that our place, the place that we provided for them once a month, was a great sounding board for them, a great way to connect with other women who may be going through the same um, experiences that they are, and just, just a way to get away from the work life or the home life and just uh, hang out with other women who might be thinking, feeling the same that they are, and learning at the same time. There's something about the connection with people that mm-hmm. are going through similar experiences in a journey. And I don't think we can, I don't think we should underestimate the importance of that connection. And especially during COVID, I mm-hmm. think that has just increased even more. And I also love that you're talking about this safe place. There's a safe place for women to be able to come and connect. And I, I'm curious about uh, what have you noticed about women connecting, safe space for women, women supporting each other. I think, as you and I know, that this is not always, this can be, has been a challenge for women, I think, at times. Yeah, I think it has been too, Deb. I I certainly experienced it in my career. Mm-hmm. And um, women weren't always so necessarily nice to each other in the career setting. And I think it's because, I believe it's because we were um, trying to be so competitive and being one step ahead of the other woman in the office um, because the guys were beating us to the head of the table. (laughs) Well, and it's an interesting concept because, well, of course, there's tons of research out about this and what does it look like now? Things are clearly shifting now. And mm-hmm. how do we as women really look to be that supportive individual? And and again, I'm going to reflect back to that Maria and Martha thing. I yeah. mean, Martha says to Jesus, hey, I'm over here doing all that. I'm paraphrasing, by the way, from the Bible right now. But, you know, <laughs> hey, I'm over here doing all this work. And she's just sitting there hanging out listening yeah. to you, Jesus. <laughs> I could use a little help over here, right? So even in yeah. that moment, there's a little bit of that, whether you want to call it jealousy or a little bit of that prodding to say, Mm -hmm. um, hello, I'm like doing it all over here. And uh, what about me? And I think even in that scenario, obviously, it's used for teaching in the Bible. And we we understand the purpose of it. And there is a reflection back, I think, to sometimes what that can look like in that relationship. So uh, I think there is sort of like, how do we honor those female relationships? And how do we honor that support? Uh, that we can give each other. I don't know. That's just my two cents on it. And obviously, this is this is not the bigger conversation here. And I think it's important, uh, an important piece of reflecting. Well, certainly. I mean, we're certainly as a as a cohesive group stronger when we are more than just ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we're certainly feeling a lot better about being ourselves and being who we are when we're joined together. Yeah. And we're commonly trying to achieve the same goal rather than competitively trying to win the 
right. spot at the table. Well, and it's interesting, too, because the Lord wants us to lift each other up. And the other piece that mm-hmm. I've just been thinking about is so many of the skill sets we each bring to the table are so important. And we all have a gift, right? We all have something we bring to the table. I was curious about, I know that you're also very involved with like Women United and your church groups and board work. I would love to hear about some of those things, because you're serving Christ in all of these things. Well, thank you so much for asking. Um, Aside from Bemidji Area Business Women, I would say probably a greater portion of my time is spent in support of what the overall United Way is doing in the Bemidji area. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is... Uh, this organization called Women United, which is supported by the United Way of Bemidji. And Danae Alamano and I started the Women United initiative probably three years ago now. But um, we believe that we're really doing great work in the Bemidji area and trying to better some of our more challenging uh, needs. So we're uh, working with the uh, Battered Women's Shelter on their capital campaign. I don't know if you've heard this or not, but they their goal is to build a new building. Oh, wow, that's and, fantastic. Yeah, they, it's really in need. I, they're so under, it's such an underserved population in the Bemidji area. They are, um, they have people waiting in line twice, at, at twice the rate of who they're serving, so... Um, that's one very positive uh, thing that we, Women United, believe can help with in getting their capital campaign started. And then the food shelf, which is another great need in the Bemidji area, the Bemidji area food shelf, uh, wants to um, start a mobile pantry food solution and bring food to communities that are underserved. And we're working with the uh, food shelf on identifying who those communities are and how to better serve them because there are people in need there as well. Oh, that's such it a gives, great idea. That's awesome. Yeah. It gives our Women United members another sense of belonging and another sense of making a difference in our own community. Absolutely. You know, I just saw the coolest thing on these mobile uh, food things. Uh, yeah. And I actually saw, you know how we hear about, like, you know, the little ice cream person goes by, you know, ding, 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 and you run out to get your little ice cream. This was actually a fruit and vegetable mobile stand. And so people put the fruit and veggies on the mobile stand and then drive around and people can buy like <laughs> buy a slice of pineapple. I don't know. I just thought it was so cool. But um, anyway, I was visualizing, oh, that is such a great idea. Like, how cool would that be? But the mobile, like, this is where it's at, right? Instead of yeah. us always having to go somewhere, let's bring that mm-hmm. item to someone. And I and I love that you're involved. And, of course, we love Danae Alamano. She's been on the show several times. <laughs> and she's amazing. Such yeah, a bright light in sure. our community community for sure. And well, there are a great number of people that cannot drive, mm-hmm. make it, find transportation to the food shelf. So this is an effort to get it to them, bring it to them. If transportation is a real issue. And I don't think it's just in Bemidji. Mm-hmm. I think throughout any rural, mm-hmm. rural settings, yeah. I think that the transportation component is a real thing. And, uh, and of course, we also have weather. <laughs> There's that thing called weather, which I realize in yeah. South Carolina in the moment you're not having, but <laughs> there, there is a thing called weather that we do. I mean, this is a real thing for us. 
So it is, and the senior community um, is really hit hard by this yes. issue that we're talking about, food yes. insecurity. So, And these are basic, Maslow's heart hierarchy of needs mm-hmm. things, right? These are just the basics. So I want to dig a little more into this doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. I would love to hear, like, if you've had some stories or experiences where you could really see the impact of this, or maybe that has been you've been the experiencing, like you've actually experienced being treated like that from someone else. Well, you know, I, um, I'm not quite sure how to best answer that other than to tell you how, how, how I feel as an individual moving to a new community and trying to establish uh, who I am and where I can help, um, there's a, there's a lot of need in our community, and I would encourage anybody that might be listening to your program to, to reach out to find um, volunteer needs like, like I did. And towards the end of our program, maybe I can give you a couple of ideas as to how to find opportunities like that. That would be great. But uh, volunteering in, in my um, time of life right now, which I, I feel I have great purpose and I have a very enriched life, and it's strictly because of the way that I feel I'm giving back to the community. It's not only me helping others, but others helping me as well. And moving to the to Bemidji was a great way for me to understand the community, um, where they needed some help, and, and to widen my own um, understanding of how a change from being in the Twin Cities to a smaller community like Bemidji, which looks and feels very different, um, it, it really helped me um, rearrange my perspective on living in a smaller community as well. Tell us a little bit about that change in perspective. Well, um, I think I mentioned it a little bit earlier when I was looking for places to belong. I, I didn't find as many opportunities in the uh, Bemidjian surrounding area. Um, a place for me to really connect is at church, and I haven't talked about this a lot, but I belong, my husband and I belong to First Lutheran Church in Bemidji. And there's a sense of um, belonging and uh, camaraderie there with people that um, believe and feel like we do in terms of being a Christian and giving back and volunteering. And I think a lot, like what I love about what you're bringing into this is that perspective is just that it's perspective. And so it's, it's not about a right or wrong. It's not about, but that perspective of moving here has served you well to identify how can you be a part of the community? Where can you bring something that may not be here? And where can you be in service of what's already here? Right. I think it just better helps us all understand the the circumstances of others around us. Absolutely. And And when we understand, that's where the healing begins, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and, um, my journey has taught me new skills. It has certainly helped me hone up on my people skills, even at a greater level and a higher level than I did when I was in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. I think uh, volunteering and giving back in whatever role we choose also teaches us how to be patient, how to be kind, 
Um, and I, I just think overall our lives are greatly enriched when we give back in this way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it goes back to the whole when we give something to someone else, really, sometimes we're the one that gets the bigger blessing, right? Even yeah. though we may be blessing someone, sometimes we feel like we're getting that bigger blessing. I, absolutely. I just read something the other day, I was just really short, that the secret to living is in giving. In so other true. words, it's been statistically proven that people who voluntarily and regularly give back are healthier both physically and mentally. And I believe it to be true. I believe it 100%. And and really, it's in the Bible. He tells us this, right? Yes. I mean, we're giving yes. it a different little paraphrase here, but that's exactly what he says. And I mean, why, why wouldn't we believe that, right? I mean, that's just at its core. It's so fundamentally mm-hmm. true. So mm-hmm. you mentioned uh, to share with a couple of opportunities with people or, or ways that they might be able to seek getting involved or identifying places. I would love for you to share that. Sure. Well, I've, I talked about the United Way. So the United Way is always a great resource. They have their pulse on what's going on in the community and where the needs are with the agencies that they serve. Mm-hmm. Um, online, uh, there is a presence of uh, volunteer opportunities. It's called volunteerbemidji.org. And I just checked that uh, before we started the radio show today, and there are, there are over 50 positions volunteer positions listed for just our community. I didn't even Agency. know that website existed. <laughs> yeah. Go check it out. I, you might, I will. You might find something that you're interested in. Well, I am, I am quite volunteer. <laughs> I, I do volunteer a lot. I volunteer <laughs> yeah, a lot. It's probably do. why I haven't been on the site. But however, what's fascinating <laughs> to me is most of the things I end up volunteering for, I don't even think they're on that site. So those are things that people yeah. have really identified outside of the stuff we're already all doing. Yes, yes, yes. So I'd encourage people to check there. And then there's always uh, the broader um, volunteer website called Volunteer Match. And when people go in, I'm assuming there is a process that they go through, they can find what Mm -hmm. they might be looking at. Because I think pretty much any volunteer jobs now, you go through a little bit of a screening process, uh, etc. just because, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which um, is, you know, to protect everybody involved. So as we've just got our last little bit of time here, LaVon, is there anything else that you want to share with everyone that hasn't been shared yet? I do. I was um, thinking about the day that we're celebrating today, Martin Luther King Day. And I was thinking, well, how would Martin Luther King think about this topic of giving back? And he's just such a profound teacher for all of us. I mean, if there's anyone that could teach us a lesson in selflessness, it's Dr. King, right? Mm -hmm. Many of his sermons were centered around helping people, building communities, treating others fairly. Uh, And he, he gave us this quote to consider. Life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? That is a profound way to end this program, Yvonne. And we want to invite everyone to ponder that, think about it. LaVon, we want to thank you so much for coming on Live Joy, Share Joy today. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I truly enjoyed the time. It went so fast. 
I know. It's it always goes, it always goes faster than we think it's going to. Thank you yeah. so much. And thank you, Deb. Thank you. And we want to encourage everybody, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Thanks for listening. This is Deb McGregor. Live joy, share joy.